error occurred in the eh? output. Eh? Uh-oh. Ah? Okay, I'm going to mm? just refresh eh? and see if we're streaming. <laughs> Hello? Anything's output. possible. It says Not that you guys are oh, talking. Errors in the output. I'm yeah, seeing a live. Uh, I'm seeing a live, too. Interesting. Uh -huh. oh, let me check. Hold I on. didn't let see one. Let me this real quick. It should be live. Yeah, it says live. Yeah. Oh, oops. We did it again. Oops, we did it again. Ah, oh, we are indeed. We are live. live. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Uh, Streamlabs is lying to me. Let me just go ahead and. <laughs> lying to your face. Lying to me. Streamlabs OBS. <laughs> I will personally 1v1 fight you. Um, <laughs> let me just go over to Twitter real quick and put this link out there for the folks. In the meantime, uh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the season four midway q a live stream that never gets easier to say we got to think of some snappy titles <laughs> that aren't songs um okay hello secret pre secret pre, -tweet pre -tweet gang gang <laughs> people who have notifications the, on youtube the real ones as we like to call them <laughs> yeah i assume that everyone here just perpetually has a tab open that's that's out on the rolling with difficulty youtube channel live tab just waiting in yeah. anticipation Reloading every five minutes just to be sure mm -hmm. that's how it be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Weird that's why i can't stop checking my phone all day <laughs> yeah i don't know the about you guys reason. yeah definitely it's terrible. Yeah. I have such a phone addiction. It's, it's, I mean, like, we all do, obviously, but... Oh, I just noticed that there's Posted. no fin bar in the thumbnail. <laughs> I, it took a lot of... No. I, it, like, I made that thumbnail about two minutes ago, and it took a lot of trials and tribulations internally to decide whether it should be Voss or fin bar on the thumbnail, but it feels right. Yeah, speaking of trials and tribulations, Star okay. Trek is diegetically <laughs> introduced. Uh, now that tweeted the link to the, to the stream, we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> uh -huh. get started. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Q&A live stream. We're halfway through season four. We're so excited. Um, thank you to everyone who has emailed in questions for us. Feel free to drop questions in the chat. Uh, we will get to them when we get to them. And if we don't get to them, you can always email them to us afterwards, and we will do our best to get to them. I know we have not been great about that in the past. I promise we're working on it. <laughs> um, but to kick us off, I am just going to pull one right from the email just so we can get going. Um, this question comes from Victoria. I've started playing D&D because of you guys, and it is so fun. Do you guys remember your first ever character or have that one crystallized moment that fills you with happy nostalgia and is always included when people ask about your early days? You know, that moment oh. you can point to and go, hell yeah, here's why. May the stars guide your way and the winds always fill your sails. Thank you, Victoria, for a very fun question. So to kick us off, oh. does anyone remember their first D&D character? Well, I've talked about her before, so it's not as interesting. <laughs> well, diege diegetically, uh, leading into our next gimme conversation, um, <laughs> it's funny that that's mentioned because uh, Baldur's Gate, oh, I, there it is. I, 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 I made as my as my character, my first D and D character. He was a he was a human bard named Ganymede Valento. Um, I can't do I can't do much to I can't do much to adjust the background in Baldur's Gate, but in my D and D campaign, he was a circus boy who upon like the ripe age of 18 uh basically I, I think the whole conceit of my backstory was like i don't really want a tragic backstory i just want him to be like a fun happy guy and he just wanted something uh, aside from the circus so he ran away from the circus and he has a mom and he and and they they have a good relationship and she was encouraging um and then like three sessions in 
um one of our player characters died and then he got all like moody and depressed because then i realized that this was kind of the first time he realized that this is kind of a consequence of adventuring it seems as though a lot of my characters end up in that route but so this is gonna say a, a weird evil mime yeah. Weird choice no, the mo- not to have an extremely sad boy to start with. <laughs> but he, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mime is a different one. The mime's fun. But, yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Ironically, oh, kind we do of love a the mime. Oh, I don't like the mime. The mime is from a home game that uh, Austin, myself, and Noir were all players in. It was the first time Noir was not the DM for our particular group of uh, college friends, and he played a mime character that I. My character did not get along. <laughs> well, yeah, he was intentionally an asshole. He was intentionally an asshole. Uh, I think I've talked about it in a Q and A. It was funny was because fun. like we called the group the Broad Squad because most everyone was like a was female, a <laughs> but I'm yeah. pretty sure my character was like a 40 year old male <laughs> kind of in a midlife crisis. No, that makes that makes the evil mime a little creepier. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. A little bit. That was not by intention, but that's oh, just how it. Which is how it ended up happening. To bring it back around to first uh, D&D characters, uh, kind of a weird, like, I love playing goofy bards or, like, kind of, like, over-the-hill quiz kids and stuff. And my, but my first character was very much not that. I played every, like, edgy teen's go-to OC. Like, uh, I was a, I was a drow ranger. (laughs) Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. My name was Dragonslayer Korra, and I only used swords. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she just, very... I was just like, well, the whole world It takes a lot of skill to slay dragons with swords, because famously they tend to fly away when you do it, that. Honestly, <laughs> scimitars and I your have... pet panther. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't go too far into the animal companion thing so much. I kind of went for the sword, and it was like, oh, well, all of society, like, rejects her, so she just made herself so useful, they have no choice but to keep her around, because who else is going to slay the dragons? And it ended up being fun for the little game that we were... I th- I, this actually might have been a Pathfinder character now that I'm thinking about it, but something along those lines of, like, pretty early TTRPG characters. Was, mm-hmm. was Dragon Slayer a title, or was that uh, yeah, her I, first I, name? Her actual <laughs> legal name her parents were on just her very birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Austin, this is everyone's early edgelord character. Of course she was an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. But the thing is, like, I've gone from that to almost exclusively playing like complete goofballs, and then somehow circled back around to yeah. Danny in this campaign, and I'm like, oh, history repeats itself. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what about Wally, Austin Wally? You, Red, I, what you guys got? I was gonna say, we had the same first character in the same first game, right? Huh? Uh, I say different first character. Our, our first character was both in the same game. We didn't play. The yeah. Same oh, game. okay. <laughs> I understand that was. So, I'll forgive me. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm in week five out of six of a summer camp outside all day. This is my most tired oh. that I am all year. So you, forgive me if I misspeak. But uh, I thought you were both like yeah, around was... one guy. I was a tiefling paladin um, named, Hell yeah. uh, named Worth Wagner because yes. I was like, this will be nice. my oh, crawler. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And uh, I made him a paladin because I rolled did he a very high charisma. By any he did not teleport. I made him a paladin because I said, because uh, I, I made him a, a tiefling, and then we rolled stats. I rolled a very high charisma, and Ooh. my friend who knew the game a little bit was like, the paladins use charisma. And, well, first he said, you bards use charisma, and I was like, that sounds terrible. I would never do that. Uh, and then he said, paladins <laughs> use charisma. I said, that's awesome, so I chose paladin. Uh, but I had a 13 strength, 
So I never once hit anything, and I was always Uh-oh. very frustrated by the game. So when you ask about like that moment that clicked, it was actually my second character, which is in Noir's game, which is I was playing a druid, and oh. I learned my lesson the first time. I went big into the munchkin power game uh, in, <laughs> when it came to uh, druid for this second character. And I remember the first combat where he had wild shape, and I got to turn into like a panther or whatever it was, tearing it up, and I was like, this is the game for me. I've cracked oh, the code. Yeah. I find and that it took good. me a long time to unlearn that power game nature, where I was like, <laughs> what is the right choice? I need to deal most damage. That's how I have fun. That's incredibly yeah. funny to me, because I think you and I had exact opposite experiences with like learning how to play the game, because I was basically like, oh, this is a dress-up simulator. I get to put myself in fun <laughs> outfits and go fight crime. And uh, <laughs> even though I was not an optimized character, it just ended up being fun, because I got to put myself in outfits and fight crime and you kind of had the opposite experience of playing an unoptimized character right out the gate of like oh this is not what i want from this tough. game now i gotta yeah. completely go in the other direction yeah. i i remember our the first adventure was it was um storm king's thunder and the first adventure yes. was freeing a town from goblins and there was a goblin in this like this like um watchtower or something like that or like the top of a grain silo or something like that that was shooting arrows down at us and i was like why don't we just burn down this tower because then he'll die and none of us have to go fight him and everyone was like you can't play a paladin if that's how you're gonna act (laughs) i guess i guess i gotta change how i act immediate Uh... oathbreaker (laughs) well he was it was fucked up i wanted to be a very nice friendly guy and then my my friend who got me into power gaming was like uh, if you don't do vengeance, you're you're playing the game wrong. You got to do oath of vengeance. Vengeance mm-hmm. is the only one to do it. And I was like, All right, vengeance it is. I guess he's yeah. an evil guy now. Um, oh, you poor so. child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wally, what was your first character? My first character was a wood elf ranger. Yes. Um, I believe, and I really wanted to uh, like dual wield hand axes. Nice. Uh, that was nice. the fantasy in my head. Uh, but on paper, one, uh, at that time, there wasn't, like, the Tasha's Rangers rules, so he was just mm-hmm. terrible in combat. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, two, dual-wielding hand axes, not a good way to go. Not a lot of damage when he did hit. Um, and I just remember... We struggled. Like, yeah, we struggled quite a bit. And I remember he uh, had a, he was a bit of a loot goblin, and at some point he was just carrying around an ungodly amount of scimitars. Oh, um, just... <laughs> I mean, as all campaigns, someone does. Yeah. Yeah. Anything can be were... a thrown weapon if you have enough of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, Red, I know you've talked yeah. about it before, but can you just quickly run us through your first well, character? The thing is, I actually now can't quite remember which of these two absolutely ridiculous 3.5 monstrosities <laughs> was my first one. Um, because uh, I've already talked about how at one point I played a Panther rogue who got mm. the Shadow Dancer prestige class, which basically turned her into Nightcrawler. Yes. Uh, nice. Where you can teleport through shadows, and whenever you teleport out of the shadows, you get your sneak attack damage back. Um, so she was a fucking monstrosity. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I actually think it's possible that the first character I made was a half-celestial ranger rogue multi-class. Nice. Who actually had a kind of fucked up backstory when I, like, think about it in hindsight. Because I made this character, if I'm remembering the order of operations correctly, I made her when I was nine. And if I'm not remembering that correctly, I made her when I was, like, 12 tops. Um, But her deal is that uh, half-celestials were a 3.5 template where one of your parents was like an Archon or an Azimar or something. Not an Azimar, sorry, those didn't exist in 3.5. Azimars are the watered-down um, compromise because Half-Celestials <laughs> were busted as fuck. They had a um, 
there was a thing in 3.5 called level adjustment, where basically your base race could be so powerful that the DM had to give you less XP because you were effectively a certain number of levels higher than everyone else in your party. Um, mm. Being a half-celestial basically just gave you a full suite of, like, paladin abilities that were just racial traits that you could use, like, one or three times a day. Like, pr protection from evil, three per day, bless. Um, <laughs> and her deal was that, like, her mother was, like, this this celestial from a higher plane, and her father was, like, this elven wizard. And they had basically both been like, we're going to make the most aesthetically cool kid together. This is going to be great. <laughs> and she was, like, as, like, teen rebellion, she was, like, a rogue ranger, like... Like, I'm going to rebel from this. Uh, you know, I'm going to go do my own thing. Uh, and uh, that actually was almost a Planescape campaign of its own. My dad was running it, and we ended up... Um, uh, the, basically, the beginning of this, the uh, campaign, we attacked this wizard tower that turned out it was a linchpin holding the Planescape together, and the entire multiverse exploded, and then we spent the rest of the game kind of rebuilding the universe. It's, this is just kind of how my dad works. <laughs> Um, nice. But uh, nice. we had a big flying ship uh, spell jammer thing that we huh. flew around on. Um, Super fun. Yeah. God. Yeah. Sorry. I don't didn't remember how much of that character sheet I had memorized. <laughs> you never do until it comes up. I think the real yeah. answer to this question is we all really enjoy D&D &D and have played many very silly and very cool characters over the courses of our lives. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but yeah. to get to more questions, this one comes from the chat from Sir Lightning Potato. Is the speed Kiana pilots the Peraspera affected by her barbarian levels? Ah, <coughs> uh, so I saw that, and uh, I was hoping to call that out because I realized I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. Because the notion, the I don't think we've ever, I don't think any you guys have ever actually cracked why Kiana is so good at flying this. Like you understand it's why she's psionic, but that doesn't just work for any spell jammer. I don't think you guys have ever cracked Wait, that what? egg. No, huh. cracked. That doesn't work for any. No, you guys have never bothered to ask. Um, huh. Which is fine. I there's, just figured there's many she, mysteries for this campaign the, you guys won't figure out because I just figured she had the fucking sessions. psychic arms and that's all like oh I'm like all right sure yeah, she's magic sad. monk um, okay she's she's why, why she is she good pilot? at yeah. at doing it um, we've only had one data point so far we haven't let Ioni try and fly the thing uh, mm -hmm. that's that's true um Ioni well yeah so well, anyway the first. notion the notion is being that she's she's psionic I mean you actually have more than one data point because Emerson was was good at flying it as well mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. And he was uh, a scion. A but, uh, uh, yeah. So, it, it, does the barbarian still keep up? That's a good question because I think that the astral monk is even in the text psionic, but uh, obviously the ancestral barbarian, which is what Kiana has multiclassed into, is not. But I think that we kind of express it as a psionic manifestation. So I would allow her to still be full caster level. Piloting the ship, I, I think that seems reasonable to me. I don't, to, I don't think it, I don't think it breaks monster. anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I'll go ahead and say that it doesn't. It the doesn't, only person uh, mess who's up. like slower at piloting the ship now that Finbar is gone is just it's Danny because like it's oh, yeah. only Danny who's it's slow. Because, yeah, who's slow. <laughs> ironically, the person well. most in tune yep. with the ship itself is the one who can pilot it the least effectively. <laughs> I like to imagine that she's just constantly getting distracted. <laughs> The check engine light turns on, and she's like, ah, I gotta, hold on a second, I gotta go down. <laughs> she actually has this whole other setup. Like, it, I don't know, flips, like, 180 degrees, like a... I don't have a point of reference. <laughs> I don't know what to inverted describe inverted controls. No, like, it turns from, like, the, the, the traditional... It turns from like the traditional Spelljammer helm to, like, a fucking racing oh, car nice setup, and so you just drive it like a, like a regular car. <laughs> you have to keep in mind, we've recorded a lot of episodes. I forgot which episode we level up in. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's after the next one. Uh, so that's fine. All right. Don't so tell anybody, not, guys. Everyone <laughs> Me spoiling stuff, I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, we'll just see something in the Discord. I'm like, how do they know that Roy's in the next episode? Oh, Wally spoiled it on one of his streams. Uh, but to get back to some questions, we got another one from the email. A question to everyone. Since Finbar is retiring, do you have any favorite Finbar moments? While I'm going to miss Finbar being mm. around, I think it's a great choice to conclude his character here, and I can't wait to see what happens with Voss and the rest of the crew. I wanted to give a little love to our guy who I cut from the <laughs> thumbnail like 10 minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, favorite Finbar moments. I'm dimsying the birthday party. That was <laughs> awesome. I was going to oh, say Dancing so Spider from also the same episode. <laughs> Dancing Spider's good. Dancing I forgot Spider about Dancing so Spider's <laughs> I think I like all of the little moments where you just kind of like see where Finbar's just maybe a little bit fucked up like the rest of us. <laughs> like when Finbar, he attunes to the fucking like tentacle whip thing. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that was Finbar. That was just Wally. No, <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. That was more me than Finbar, but at the end of the day, it's still a good problem. You gotta have fun now. Yeah, it reminds me. It, it, it kind of like lends itself to like the remind, the, the subtle reminder that Finbar isn't just a chef, but he's also like a hunter as well and he yeah, absolutely that's... has that instinct um, i was gonna come so... out and say my two favorites were whenever we get to see that like this is finbar is the is like the dad figure he's very comforting he's mm -hmm. the healer he's support he's always helping out um everyone else but i really like two moments come to mind where i'm like i think people forget that one he's part <laughs> giant which I think that oh, yeah. there's a there's a real there's a tendency in um, a lot of D and D games, which you know, to each their own. Uh, this is a thing that doesn't appeal to a lot of people, but there's a tendency in a lot of D and D games where everyone is just like a different, like a different, you know, like different colored M and M's. You know, it's like every oh everyone, you know, you're a tiefling, I'm human, but <clears throat> you know, that means the same thing. We just get different stat bonuses, and I like imagining that there is differences, and obviously a lot of those old different. The, the reason people steer away from that is a lot of those old differences are problematic, but uh -huh. you know. In terms of being a Jotun, I like that that means something, that he's rare, and like a Wookiee in Star Wars, where people are like, oh shit, I yeah. shouldn't mess with this guy. So I like when he was facing the giant, and like getting his mm -hmm. shit kicked in, because anyone else would be dead from yeah. facing the, um, uh, what was it, the uh, the Fomorian. Um, and then I oh, liked when he killed yeah. uh, Adelian, because I was like, I, I, I like that everyone, I mean, I was sad with how that fight went, but I thought that was very cool <laughs> to see that moment where everyone's like, oh, this is kind of weird, and Jinmar was like, I've killed a lot worse things than this in a lot you know uh, a yeah. lot less uh yeah dignified ways it's, uh, we were all like well now we need to figure goes. out how to kill an unconscious guy without feeling weird about it and uh finbar just just God. went to work so incredibly funny like that, that you guys walked into that <laughs> walked into that <laughs> conundrum with open arms yeah <laughs> and can we, well, can we talk about things went the way they did there because of a very interesting character choice where sophia you were like i want roy with yeah me because i don't I want, want any roy. of the rest of these guys with me like you were my understanding was that danny was kind of mad at the rest of them yeah and also has a connection to roy about this stuff specifically because of <clears> egan <throat> where you were like i want roy you took roy with you and as a result it wasn't two people who went against dendelian it was three and that really changed <laughs> like mm. imagine virla wasn't there to counterspell or um yeah. kiana wasn't there to put the heart down you know yeah. Yeah. No. Or Finbar definitely... wasn't there to actually like kill the guy. Yeah, actually. Kill... Yeah. Or if Finbar wasn't. It was just Bill, <laughs> it's just Bill like, and Kiana. Like, oh, I guess no, we I mean, leave. We fucked up your crew. No, no, you're much better at killing things than we, me. Well, no. We I hand the knife to Roy and just like you got this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That. Did, but alternatively, it, it did change the XP levels up. <laughs> alternatively, if if uh, Danny did take one of us, maybe a moon would have still been alive that's exactly don't, mm. don't talk mm. to me about that i'm so sad it's <laughs> <laughs> or, things, 
things happened in that cavern that no they one did. got to see because they no did. one was there because yeah. Danny had to escape with Roy. Roy had like 15 hit points or something like yeah, that. No, mm -hmm. he, yeah. he almost went down even in the process of escaping. He got like eight, almost all of his hit points knocked out by one oh, slot attack. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, there's, just, there's no uh, game where Danny is staying in here. Uh, she's not picking yeah. Roy's life over a possible yeah. upgrade to the ship and like i like i sophia the player love amon the agent but like there's no <laughs> world where danny the character is gonna risk her like best friend's life for yeah. mummy That's guy fair. um that makes sense yeah yeah but no finbar's had uh yeah more questions okay this one comes sorry, from sorry. The... You can talk about finbar. i'm sorry i didn't mean to <laughs> no, no, no. austin has demanded no more questions let us <laughs> <laughs> the another question or i'll eat my hat uh you owe us so many hats already uh so the game ronin in chat asked do you guys take any inspiration from other D, &D shows be it rules npcs or story beats um i mean personally i think much like with the movie podcast i i do i tend to listen to and watch less uh other actual plays now just because i don't want to inadvertently cop anyone's thing you know like i do I think mm -hmm. that there is a lot of entertainment in just playing the game and seeing where it happens. And we really don't plan things out beyond this is going to be like, maybe, maybe this episode we want to do this kind of adventure is the most of the planning that we really get into. So I, I do think that at least on my end, there is not any intention to take too much inspiration from other actual plays. Um, you know, obviously we work in the same setting as other shows might be on. So yeah, I can't speak to how much that overlaps, but from a player standpoint, I'm not trying to do a specific story or, specific story beats that might occur in other uh, uh other media i don't want to go on a tangent but there's a very interesting conversation to be had about um how creative inspiration actually works versus how i think a lot of people think it works um because in my experience it's a very similar process to like digestion it's like you eat mm -hmm. something your body breaks it down to its absolute most fundamental components and mm -hmm. then reassembles it into something else in a process you barely see, uh, but mm -hmm. you notice the effects later. So like, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, you watch a movie, you're like, that character's so cool. I'll take inspiration from that. And then you pluck the character off the screen, put them in your own work, sand the serial numbers off and call them original. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's, that's, Not that's that like, that, yeah. no, that's like ordering a steak and then taping it to your head and being like, I ate this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. So I, I think like a lot of us have, you know, watched other people's actual plays. I mean, I, I definitely listen to a lot less now that that itch is getting scratched in a very different way. Mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, I still watch like Legend of Vox Machina. I still see a lot of the fan art that goes up every week when Critical Role does something new. Um, I still check in on Dimension 20 and stuff. But like, I don't look at that and be like, I should make that decision or like, oh, man, I, I like that bit of DMing. I'll steal that for later. It's just my brain is learning from it. And then later when I come back here it's got a new pool of just inspiration to draw from that I don't know exactly where it came from, but uh, <laughs> something refilled the tank while I wasn't looking. Yeah. So, And this is not a comment on the quality of any other actual play. It's just our I'll attitude. I'll have to have someone else calling out Critical Role besides me for once. <laughs> I love Critical <laughs> Role. Was, she wasn't, though. Great show. I know. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, nothing but nice things were said. No. Um, no yes, I, I yes. That is a tough question, yeah. tough question though, because it's like, I think, Red, I think largely you're correct. It's like, <laughs> I think everything's original, just some of it's been done before, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think, like, there probably is some aspect of some actual play, probably Critical Role, that I've, I've inadvertently injected into Virila. But, I mean, there were a lot of, like, 
like at the beginning definitely like a lot of uh what is it like center like points points like uh to anchor points there we go like baymax was like a really easy one but very okay. quickly like virla evolved mm -hmm. past like just being a baymax and kind of became his own thing He's um become a legend but then retroactively uh when you revisit media that you've watched before or were aware <laughs> of you kind of realize oh this is this this is some pretty close source code for for your character and yep. i'm getting that now because i'm like wait virla's spock <laughs> <laughs> it's always like so fun when you revisit something foundational and you're like oh fuck that's like a good 40 percent of my personality in there yeah. oh dude I yeah. Yeah. myself as just being every piece of media i've ever consumed in a trench coat before and i think that this is applicable to every single person on earth yeah mm -hmm. yeah me with i know clothes. i'm the same i wish i'd picked a less annoying media honestly <laughs> I do, I growing up i was like, like you know who's a cool person i should emulate Cody from Zack and Cody. Everyone finds him <laughs> <this is> charming. Next <laughs> indie character, right there. Um, you know, whoever oh, would love to hang out is Eric Foreman from that '70s show. That's a great. That's a great <laughs> person to staple onto my personality. Uh -huh. Yep. I guess it is interesting, though. I do want to like come at this from the perspective of the DM compared to the players. I think as players, we're all kind of on the same page of like, no, we're not really trying to be any one specific character. We just have character archetypes that maybe are common touch points like maybe sad wizards is not unique to our show but it does not mean that we are trying to be a sad wizard yeah. any particular one um but austin as the dm like we do use some like third-party modules and stuff or like take inspiration from other D, D creators who publish materials to use for playthroughs like how do you approach that as a dm uh making a published show as compared to like a player who might just be trying to avoid you know copy pasting a character or something yeah. Oh, well, I steal stuff all the time is the answer, but uh, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's so many different ways that that manifests because it's taking character concepts. Um, like a lot of some characters, especially smaller ones, are you just rip a character personality you know from something else, and uh, that's totally fine because that character is also not original, you know. Uh, <laughs> so it, that that doesn't bother me when um, I consider. I'm trying to think of a good example now. I'm not sure that I can think of one. When I consider that, and also they evolve. When I consider that Cressida was originally, I was like Han Solo. There we go. We're done. That's all I need to know. What would Han say? That's what Cressida would say. She's very much more than that at this point. Um, but is that, that being... Oh, that is Ziggs I just heard. Ziggs yeah. is here, yes. She's making oh. appearance. I started talking out loud into a microphone, and that apparently crossed the line. That, that'll, yep. That summons them, I hear. Uh, but that, but, but to, to answer the exact question you just asked about, like, using, like, source material, it's... I just try to make it specific to my setting, so... Because we're publishing it, I try to do due diligence about um, like changing names, proper names, making my own maps, things like that. But then, you know, when I've used, for example, the Workshop Watches is an adventure you can get in Arcadia. It's one of their like most popular articles from the 30 issue run that that thing had, some something like 90 articles. Uh, it's an extremely popular adventure. Uh, go run it. It's very fun. I stole that for the uh, Emmy adventure. Oh, my so own good. map, my own characters, but the entire concept was was ripped right from there, and mm -hmm. I, I I gave them a shout out because I was like they did a lot of the hard work, they did all the concept, mm -hmm. but uh, also they don't own the idea of uh, an, uh, a magical AI that goes rogue, you know. So <laughs> it's it's all about uh, when appropriate, because you know depending on how much you're using. In that case, I I I, uh, I used quite a bit in concept, so shout it out there. Uh, and then make it my own because we're publishing it and, you know, I don't want to just be using someone else's basically IP 
um, whether legal or not, if you feel kind of weird about that. So mm-hmm. that's that's basically how I do it. And I, I still lore and stuff, especially from MCDM, because I think they make great stuff. And if you've been, you know, behind the scenes of anything, you know that I'm always stealing stuff. Like, um, if you just read the, is it the latest Patreon thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on our Patreon, you read the latest Patreon article, I talk about one of the characters that was at the party, uh, Hero's Party, was like an <laughs> ill rigger. That's a thing from MCDM lore, but I kind of took it and made it as like, yeah, these are like, the, the nobility of hell, whatever. So I steal things and I try to shout it out and other things are just cons, uh, when it's uh, appropriate because it's hard work someone's done. And sometimes it's just conceptual stuff that I, I roll into the game because uh, I think it's cool. And put the, put the things you love in your game because that's going to make you want to run the game, you know? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. The whole plot for this game is ripped off of... Uh, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> the inspiration for the entire story of this game uh, came from a sci-fi book that I recently read uh, like last year oh. or, some, or two years ago or something like that. And uh, if you can figure out what it is, you get bonus points. <laughs> um, to bring in another I don't want to do too many questions about the wedding because it is next episode and I feel like a lot of them will yeah, just be answered kind of by spoilery. the episode but mm-hmm. uh, to take one to, to tie people over from Annie Timmer in chat is stranger invited to the wedding I feel like this is an NPC <laughs> I feel safe about saying whether or not they're attending <laughs> <laughs> no, stranger, no stranger sadly, sadly. stranger i don't know how stranger would react to that honestly <laughs> stranger is like i don't want people to think stranger's their friend <laughs> like all these other people are their friends i don't think stranger's their friend like they have a tentative <laughs> maybe they could stranger. be it's in the name they, yeah he's a stranger um if the queen so, isn't coming i don't feel like stranger has a place queen to. isn't coming i don't think i actually mentioned in the episode this is this is also a spoiler it's not a spoiler uh i don't think i mentioned in the episode but the queen did send a gift um so, yeah. oh. the queen didn't show up queen sent uh sent a, i actually have it in my notes let me see if i can find it it's like when people like oh, write the in, fucking like, billionaire like, oh my yeah God, they, come to my it wedding, worked. and then they're like assistant yeah. just sends them a gift it works even in D- exactly no, no yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Hold on, I think I have it here. Um, In fairness, also, I forgot to... Queen Aveline of Lichterwalth sent a golden comb uh, shaped like a dragon with rubies for eyes. Oh, that's so slick. So, yes. And baby photos, I'm assuming. (laughs) And baby photos. (laughs) Adorable. Um, In fairness, uh, I I forgot to also, like, mention a few people. Um, I think I mentioned it in the Discord, like, post episode going out but like virla definitely sent invitations to like the sprite spring which is oh, just yeah. a group that he didn't mention but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure whether and you'll get to see all of the invitation. fun npcs who appear in the next episode next week so yeah. we're not going to talk too much about the wedding in this q and i'm so sorry <laughs> it'd be so easy to it's <laughs> it was so much <laughs> of our gotta lives. really avoid it um yeah. this, so this question comes from the email and is for noir now that virla is oh. a cleric where did he get his vestments were they given to him directly by Mistra, or did he go to a temple in order to officially become a cleric? Did he make them? Did they just appear one day? Where'd he get his, so, where'd he gets his look? Does he have vestments? Does he have vestments? So, uh, the, the, the season four art uh, that Wally made is basically, I don't think there were many changes done at all. I had a very specific idea of what Virla would look like now that he had kind of fully accepted Mistra into his life. Um... <laughs> And so a lot of it was like uh, more more wizardy robe like, uh, maybe a bit heavier armor in the shoulders to kind of represent him being a bit more beefier cleric wise. Um, I think the thing that I don't know if he has vestments specifically, but like I had I had drawn the scarf such that like the two ends were kind of like draped oh, down the front, kind Catholic of like a priest's <laughs> yeah, like like <laughs> like a Catholic priest yeah. vestment. Um, so that's just that. But if it wasn't clear from the uh, from the gala episode, Virla endeavors to be dripped out all the time. So I imagine that he <laughs> made he like he 
kind of similar to like what I did with Wally. Virla had a specific idea and just basically commissioned that to be made. And <laughs> there he is. Yeah, I do like all of our various approaches to uh, Wally, very talented, does the official character art every season for us. And this season was, I think, the one where we had the most requests. Like, I was like, hey, um, could you do a version yeah. of Danny with the cowboy hat and one without the cowboy hat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and as always, I have fun with the, the uh, character art designs. Yeah, um, yeah. And well, Speaking of the character art designs, we got a question in chat uh, from Asto is tired. Since the crew is full of artists, what's your favorite design detail about your character? This feels related. Let's 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 talk about the art, the character <laughs> look for a minute. Um, well, if, if I'm going to start, so for each of them, uh, I felt Fibbar was a little generic. He was kind of like this armored ranger kind of dude, but uh, the the detail of the uh, shawl of leaves um yeah. ended up being easily uh my best design decision um and uh hopefully uh you guys enjoy that as well uh danny's was a little tricky because uh per on one level it was the uh color palette uh that we originally started with and then it originally became blue and i'm just like this solves a lot of the issues that i was having because there's, there's a lot of reds browns yellows and mm -hmm. i'm just it, it all felt a little muddled it felt like generic genasi but um uh mm -hmm. with the the tattoos was really what gave her or her identity and yeah. the second it turned blue i'm just like okay all of a sudden i do not have to put an emphasis on the tattoos all i have to do is compliment <laughs> the blues that she's she got going on now she's she's got a nice. new distinct identity um, yeah. yeah and she has a lot of toys and uh details uh to work with so every time i do new artwork i try to show off uh, a new detail from either the, the cannons or plug um and that's oh, a lot shit. of fun um and then it, i can easily just round out so kiana yeah. is very simple red did a fantastic job with um her uh, initial design and i wanted to keep as much as that as humanly possible um oh, with thanks. each iteration um so uh, a lot of the vestments keeping it tight. And I know people want uh, one of the biggest things is uh, the, the sleeves um, and uh, <laughs> or show off the lack muscles, thereof. Or yeah. the lack thereof. So um, I, I do my best to show off um, either her arms at time and or her actual arms, uh, as well as just her physique. You know, the huge con boost that we had um, in oh, yeah. uh, season three was an opportunity for me to push that a little more. And I think yeah. I had a really uh, the, one of my favorite Kiana artwork that I've done. Is that the and butt the, one? Yeah, that's the boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, people there was like a that time, wait, because that one and also Joe Danny's a little bit about. came out, and it's like, oh, these ones are like hotter than the previous season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I pushed it just a little bit. We 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 could we could tone that back. Um, <laughs> and to give uh, the that's people what they want. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Yellow's. Oh Voss! Oh, yeah. oh my God! So the artwork for Voss <laughs> was okay. How do I make him scary, but also uh, not too much to the point where um, he seems like a villain? Um, so it, it's I'm try I try to bring an element of goofiness to all the very intense design details that I had going on. Him being pale. 200% what I was going to do. Um, and uh, obviously the black tightness armor refused to his skin. Again, what was it, what I was going to do? Um, someone did a fantastic um uh, artwork for Voss where he had the dreads, and I was honestly considering that in the final product. But at the end of the day, um, it would have been annoying on my end to draw that every <laughs> single time I did artwork. So I, I I I skimped out and I made him bald. Maybe he'll grow hair, 
and we can do something <laughs> interesting with that. But for the most yeah, part, it has to get I'm... revivified at some point. Yeah, he's can the I... he's the Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. I've like only the Joker. played two D and D characters with Wally now, but both of them have been bald men. So I have to just assume that that's uh-huh. like go to right. Like that's, that's just the Wally default. <laughs> Until actually, I see no. Otherwise. No. It's actually no. Um, it's it's well, usually all characters. Yeah. Um, so uh, what was it? Annabelle was the ranger that I played. Full head of hair. I played a. I played a warforged. Uh, doesn't have hair. I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I played wizard. Uh, another high. Uh, high elf. Um, wizard. Um, had hair. So bald characters Wallen was is... definitely bald. I feel like Wallen was not bald. I think I gave bald, him like bald? no. He was not bald. Um, but I, no, it just happens the two ball characters I play happen to also be on the podcast. So, yeah. My sample size is skewed. Uh, personally, my favorite, like, Danny detail design. I, I mean, the tattoos were fun. I was like, ah, this character needs something on their arms. It's tattoos. But uh, Wally really took those and made them into something actually <laughs> entertaining yeah. to look at. Um, but I always really like the fire genasi hair. It's on fire. I tried to make yeah. Danny's more yeah. magma-like. Like, I like the idea of it underneath almost sort of looking like it's always dripping and, like, ooze-like more than a hair texture. Um, and I, 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 even now that it's blue, I, I, that's the thing I try to keep consistent whenever I'm drawing Danny. It's like, ah, she's oozing. <laughs> I definitely get that vibe with, with Otto because yeah. um, the, the dreads yes. that you draw very lends itself well to, like, a, a magma kind of flowy sort of vibe. I just think more people should have magma hair. I think it's rude that I can't, in the real world, have magma hair. <laughs> I know, well, you, right? You, you can, but for a limited time. <laughs> limited. That's sort of like peekaboo, like, under-dye pattern that people sometimes do, where it's like you, you can't see it from the outside of their hair, but, like, when they lift their hair up or, like, have a high ponytail, <gasps> you can see it. It's always yeah. so cool looking yeah. for the one specific hairstyle it's designed for. Yeah. And then yeah. outside of that, it's like, it's it's rough, man. Yeah. 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 Um, for for me, uh, Red's original, like, kind of piggybacking off what Wally said, I really like Red's mm-hmm. original drawing for Kiana, specifically, like, I think yeah. you had made this note that she had, like, iridescent clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, yeah, yes, because you were, you were, <laughs> you were anguishing a lot about how to <laughs> portray that artistically. I was um, curious about, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'll just draw this, and then I'll add, pen to the paper. I'll be like, I have no fucking clue how to draw this. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a yeah. really exciting opportunity. Um, I don't know. Like, that one detail, like, for me, is like kind of solidifies Kiana's image very vividly in my mind. Like, that's the thing that kind of ties it together. Um, for Virla and for Danny, it's the eyes, but for two different reasons. Danny, <laughs> at least for season one, has, like, these raccoon eyes where it's like it's... that she has gotten under her eyes to make her look permanently tired i love that detail also. that's that's the thing it just looks so like good. she's tired all the time and then oh, i thought it was like when football players do the black to absorb light <laughs> so wally has started adding the like full uh what's that called when football players do all the time you put it under your eye the coal looking war right. paint yeah close enough but like that's been know. that's in the character <laughs> the season one if you look at it it's like oh no she just fully has like under eye tattoos that are made yep. to make her look like she has eye bags it's all the time. <laughs> when I and saw then, Pura yeah. in Tears of the Kingdom for the first time, I was like, oh my god, she's got Danny's eye makeup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, my fave. And then for, for Virla, I didn't really have... Like, my, my point of reference for visually Virla was like K2SO from Rogue mm-hmm. One. Just kind of like a really tall, lanky guy that... And with like that Star Wars robot where like the face itself doesn't really emote. But Wally added this really, really cool detail where the eyes themselves can emote 
um and the point of reference was orisa from from overwatch yeah. if you look yeah. at any like if you look at any reels of like what is it like pre play of the game orisa or whatever you can yeah you, you get a better deep sense of like how expressive she can be and that is fully how virla emotes and, and expresses himself so like whatever you can see orisa doing uh virla can like make those expressions as well and that that's really cool my favorite um, bit of a design evolution for Kiana is that uh, when I first designed her, I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her shorter hair. I'm gonna go outside my comfort zone. She's gonna have a little high ponytail, nope. just yeah. a little one. And every season, she gets more hair. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I have almost no input on this. I, I never like redesign her clothing. I'm so bad at designing clothes for characters. I'm always just like, she's still got her regular gi and her wedding gi. This is great, and then just." So it's it's always fun when I get the art and I'm like, oh, sweet, yeah. I got new accessories. This rules. And to yeah. answer the chat question, uh, the art can all be found on Twitter. A lot of it's on our community tab on YouTube as well as the thumbnails for those videos. Uh, some of the season one stuff may have been posted mostly on Twitter and Instagram just because uh, it was before we started doing the YouTube uploads. But um, you should be able to find all of it, either community tab on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, I think Instagram is Instagram as well. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Another question from chat from Co. I'm thinking of making timestamps for the show in the comment section of YouTube, like Lando from Critical Role. Would you guys be okay with me making timestamps at the start and end of ads and breaks? Uh, if you want to comment timestamps, you are more than welcome to do so. I know we don't have official <laughs> ones attached because these things are quite long. Um, you're welcome to comment, you know, whatever. If you want to comment timestamps, yeah. go crazy. <laughs> have fun with it. Yeah. It might also help uh, retroactively if some of us need to kind of look back at a previous episode and wonder uh -huh. whether or not we have a limbo tuning fork or something like that. Right. that might uh -huh. be <laughs> yeah. Right. Even at times I've had to go back and try to find a fucking detail. I'm like, oh man, I know that I say that one thing here somewhere. It's somewhere in this half hour. Debating that mid episode. And I'm like, oh, I just haven't <laughs> edited that one yet. So the information is not on the tip yeah. of the tongue. Because yeah. I have not re-listened to that particular episode yet. Uh, we well, have that's that the worst too. Is when an episode's not out, and I'm like, "What did I say last episode?" <laughs> yeah. I can't go back. And I, check. I have, I have on multiple occasions. Like if I knew that I was the one saying it, I will go and pull up my audio specifically and try and like scrub through. The thing is, I don't have a sense of timestamps, and it's going to be long stretches of silence followed by me making a comment here or there. So I'm yeah. like, like haphazardly trying to like scrub through the thing, not knowing whether I've passed it. Or if I just hit a sign like a point of silence or anything we like are that, and professionals, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. all the time. We're playing an improv game. Of course, yeah. we're gonna make up stuff and then forget about it later. No, every time we are but humans. We can every break time our own something like, and it's fine. <laughs> every time something like this happens, it makes me want to revisit the 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 perpetually ongoing transcript endeavor that is definitely happening. It's just happening very <laughs> slowly because doing swear. transcripts is so so slow. Um, um, it, 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 yeah. I can't keep up. But to get to yeah. more questions here, um, from the chat, T-Day, random question, what's each character's favorite color? Rapid fire, everyone. Character's favorite color. Gold. Blue. Red. Red. For Vox. <laughs> what about Finbar? Of course it is. Oh, purple. Nice. There nice. you go. Rad. Uh, this Yay. one comes from just... the email. Is Danny's Baronium Fluctuator a homebrew item? I've looked for the for a description, but I can't find it. It's probably an Austin question. I don't know. Oh, 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 yeah. No, it's not a homebrew item. It's um, it's a, a multi-tool, all-purpose tool. All-purpose tool. Found, yeah, yeah all-purpose tool plus one, I believe it is, which is an uncommon item found in Tasha's Guide to Everything. Uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, excuse me. 
So it's a normal, it's a regular artificer item. You can get it, but I like to give my magic items because I don't like the idea that there's just a million of those out there. So I like to give my name, my items like their own names and lore and stuff like that. And uh, so Baronium Fluctuator, I think I mentioned this past, is named for Edgar Rice Burroughs, the author of um, the uh, John Carter uh, trilogy. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah, oh. it's a real item. It's just named Funky. Um, this question. I've from... been reminded as well. Or, yes. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Please. Real quick. Uh, going back to the whole timestamp thing, I, I'd also like to to shout out Raragul. Um, he's the moderator for the Rolling with Difficulty subreddit, and he hasn't Ooh, caught yes. up. He, he hasn't done all of them, but there are a fair few of season one and season two episodes. He has constructed and, and sorry, they have constructed their own timestamps. Um, and you can find those posts on the Rolling with Difficulty subreddit. Um, and so, oh yeah, as I love reading to, through those because their their descriptions of like the individual moments are always just very funny. Yeah. It's very it's very much like the the Critical Role uh, timestamps. Um, and so, as opposed to starting right from season one, that might be a good place to to start off as well, or even add to the endeavor at the subreddit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this question also comes from chat. It's from uh, Mask of the Red Inconvenience. I'm wondering about how in season four, episode four, Danny looked into the magic disco ball and came out having figured some stuff out about herself, especially after episode three of season four. What specifically did she realize about herself in there? Um, part of this is D and D magic bullshit because I was not ready <laughs> to stare into a disco ball and be like, "Oh, Danny's had a realization." Uh, and then she got no two charisma points, so I'm like, oh, was the, something has to have happened. Um, I think See, that... We talk, yeah. We talk about pondering the orb, but, like, <laughs> we're never ready for it. I mean, it's really... Oh my god, she did do that. I, it's some wizard bullshit. Danny wasn't ready for that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, Danny has a very internal kind of uh, motivation in many ways. Like, she doesn't have, like, external villains in the way that a lot of the other crew have in the proverbial, you know, Virla season or proverbial Finbar season <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I do think that, like, there's a certain amount of introspection that goes with that, that even if Danny is not uh, constantly faced with it, um, she's doing. And I think that what was unique about episode four uh, or what I have made in my mind to be the reason that it was unique in episode four after gaining two charisma points out of nowhere uh, <laughs> is that uh, she just had a moment to like actually sit with herself more so than coming to some new conclusion. I think it's just that there was an opportunity to actually be in her mind uh, and be in her zone and in control of her situation enough where there was nothing external that was distracting her, right? Uh, so more mm -hmm. so than like, oh, I've had this huge epiphany. It, it was just like, oh, I actually have the time and space to coalesce my thoughts into a single uh, a single thought and make sense of what I've been feeling um, more so than That's like... That's fair. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, because honestly, Sophia the player was very unprepared to suddenly be like, oh, wow, character moment. Oh, God, okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it do be, be like that. Surprising, though. you know. But that—that's that, the fun. Um, uh, that's the fun of those moments. I think is getting to choose what it means in the moment, and then even kind of retcon it yourself because we are improving, right? So, uh, it, it's I like challenging players with that, and like immediately, like how does this? Because I think a lot of players end up thinking they're either stuck in the. They think about it kind of nebulously, and so when you when you throw, um, sort of surprise them, throw them off what they were expecting to do for their character, you'll see more of the character come through because they have to 
mm-hmm. adapt and, you know, make mm-hmm. something up as opposed to being stuck on, like, I know what I'm going to say uh, as soon as, my, like, thinking about that for, like, a long time during a conversation and then finally getting able to say it. I think you get more interesting things when you surprise them. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like, as a player, it's definitely, like, it's a little challenging, but also I think it's the kind of challenge that you can really, like, bite into and make a meal out of. Like, it does, it forces you to think about your character in a moment much faster and... Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that comes to some, in a way, it, makes, it forces the player to come to the same realization that the character is coming to, just uh, <laughs> at speed. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's something very fun about that. Um, it's not a play style that works for everyone, but I, it's something that uh, Austin and I both seem to really enjoy. So it's been fun. I can't believe she pondered an orb. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, can, yep. and uh, by the way, if you failed that check, it was a DC 25 insight check, and I knew Danny had bad wisdom. <laughs> um, and then it was either you would either gain, uh, I think you're already proficient in insight. That's how you rolled so high, but you would yes. have gained expertise in insight if you wanted to like learn more about other people. Uh, and then learning more about yourself was adding two to charisma, which I knew was a thing I could put in because no one is a charisma, obviously <laughs> bosses now, but no one's a charisma-based caster. So I knew that I could in- introduce this free stat buff that is extremely overpowered without breaking the game because I wasn't worried that a, a sorcerer or a bard was going to come in and for a free roll the d20 get plus two to their main stat. So mm-hmm. I knew we weren't breaking anything. Um, uh, but you could have gained a flaw if you failed uh such as uh compulsive liar uh fear of magic oh well (laughs) that one would Uh, suck that one would suck uh greedy that would suspicious Uh, Uh, wow is danny flawed Does she get retroactive <laughs> points for just being like that? <laughs> Lower oh, the man. DC because a, a I just more, already asked that. Would be. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think it's it's it was fun to be, however briefly, the high charisma character of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got uh, more questions coming at us from the chat hold on i'm just scrolling everything's happening in real time all's well (laughs) all's good um this question comes from anime lizard one mirror universe your characters now have a different subclass what would you choose to play around with so we all keep our same (laughs) classes but you get a little funky subclass to play around with let me just look up some subclasses yeah i need to look up (laughs) subclasses (laughs) Uh, Artificer is uh, pretty who, who easy because they're so incredibly. There's, there's three of them? Uh, four of them? Yeah, there's three four, Artificer I subclasses, now. I think. Is there a fourth one now? I, there were three when I made armor, Danny. Artillerist, Alchemist, and Battlesmith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think mm, it'd be fun to play around with armor. I don't know if it would fit for Danny's character, but obviously that's why I picked Artillerist. I do think Alchemist, having now met. Um, the doofenshmirtz of this campaign would be incredibly fun. Like I, I do think it'd be really fun to <laughs> Although, go for the alchemist angle and get to play with like brew making and kind of having it's the same sort of like idea of like a repertoire of things you can do, but it's just flavored a little differently and there's sort of different mechanics going into it. And I think that that could be really fun to play around with personally. Oh. Counterpoint: oh, Battlesmith and then Plug gets to actually be in the fights. But it's hey. so much better that Plug just throws up on things instead. <laughs> uh, I do, I yeah, I do love Plug for that reason. Yeah, Plug is um, um, a very important character, and I know that he doesn't really do much, but when he does do things, it's always great. So it's fine. <laughs> he's holding down the ship. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's the captain. He does everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have found that. 
this is this does not surprise me because if you look at all the monk subclasses, it's just things that they stole from different kung fu movies and anime. <laughs> that uh-huh. said, Way of the Ascendant Dragon, if Kiana <laughs> had gotten adopted by a dragon instead, then uh, <laughs> that would have been pretty fucking sweet. And um, that basically, it's the same gimmick except instead of getting like astral armor, you get dragon powers. Yeah, um... and that's just fucking rad. Have you considered, though, Way of the Drunken Master? Dan, uh, Kiana goes on one party in the Feywild and completely changes subclass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the temptation. <laughs> what about our oh, yeah. uh, resident? Uh, Wally, you really have, like, a true oh, a la carte uh, of options here. <laughs> you see, the problem is I insist on playing these heavy multi-classes. You have four um, classes. And I guess <laughs> you're yeah. rolling uh, with difficulty characters. Uh, you can pick any of okay. them, I assume. Let, let, rapid fire. Okay, Finbar, if I had to change him away from Swarmkeeper, he would have been a uh, Hunter Ranger, and mm-hmm. I would have changed out um, Star's Druid for Shepherd Druid. Um, just having the totems would have been fun. Um, to redesign or oh no actually no never mind I take that back wildfire <laughs> druid wildfire druid um, to match the cooking theme a little more nice. um, so being able to summon a little fiery guy just to have another pet on board would have been really Council fun burn. really cool ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. may all yeah. your bacon burn <laughs> um, and then for Voss Voss is kind of uh, you know, we haven't seen too much of him, and I haven't really gotten a chance to think about how I would change him up. Obviously, in terms of keeping like a, a melee bard around, it would have been from swords to valor. Um, and then mm-hmm. in terms of uh, sorcerer, kind of, I'm kind of stuck on keeping him as a divine soul sorcerer, only because I get a lot having access to the the cleric spell list is kind of why. I picked that. Uh, the only other option would have been probably, I don't know. See, I can't pick anything else without stepping on toes, really. No, yeah, no. That would have been it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, what about if, Virla? I guess if Virla like, wanted to lean really, really into the whole lightning motif, then he would have gone evocation. But like, um, a thought happened in my head of like graviturgy. Maybe, like, maybe narratively, that's like him... I don't know, fiddling with like the gravity aspects of the spell jammer and like mm-hmm. fucking I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I love that actually. I, I love feel like I pitched you like I don't know what kind of wizard I pitched you three I think that were like kind of like physics spell yeah. jam kind of sci-fi vibe and yeah. this was obviously Scribes was one of them but then I think I also pitched Chronergist and Graviturgy from those the, were the um, those <laughs> Chronergy, Chronergy and, and and Graviturgy were the two that I was like yeah that's probably Virla <laughs> uh, as, as Mirror Virla so there we yeah. go. Um, and I'll add evocation there as well. Kind of going into more class stuff coming from chat from Mask. Speaking of classes, actually, since Mandy is a potential character if Danny dies again, what class subclass no. would they be? I'm assuming rogue, but any particular kind. Your assumption is correct. Mandy was uh, my back of mind. Like, oh, if something goes horribly wrong in like season one or two, I guess I have a backup character ready to go. Um, uh, and I think that they were going to be a rogue, as expected. Um, I love playing a mastermind rogue, but I think realistically they're more of an acrobat or maybe a swashbuckler, just to, something more action forward. <laughs> swashbuckling rogue is so fun. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing one in 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 a in another campaign. I'm playing with some other friends, and oh man, you can I just 
do sneak attacks because <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it because like one of the things that you get as a swashbuckling rogue is like the one condition under which normal rogues can't do sneak attacks I think like as long as Solo there's no fighting a creature yeah as oh, long no. as there's no one within five no no one else within five feet of an enemy except for you you have it you can either you have advantage on the attack or you get sneak attack um, yeah. which like normally you need that. normally you need to have someone next to um next to next yeah. to the enemy in order to 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 get sneak attack um, rewarding you for being like this one's mine boys <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah basically is uh, extremely cool and kind of related to this the orb is asking since everyone else in the group is multi-classed except danny what secondary class would she take if she had to uh and as for the others, what would you pick as a third? For Danny, it'd be Rogue. Like, I think I, I, I think I mentioned this before, but like, Street Rat Riff Raff, That's like, fair. it just makes oh the most God. sense. Danny as a would character. fuck up as a Rogue because oh, her stupid gun. Fucking. <laughs> 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 Every day that I choose not to multi class is weapon. another <laughs> little, little gift to Austin. <laughs> oh, but it would be so funny, though. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's fine. It's, if you start dealing even more, I mean, as it is, you're already a huge oh, target for bad guys because they come onto the dang. field and you do a huge thing and they're like, let's get her and you have 30 hit points. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's, oh, this Rogue is Rogue would just draw them even faster. This is a principle I believe in against all others and it is that it is only fair and right to be balanced in D&D in some way. It's why when we rolled stats, I didn't roll below a 10 and I asked you if I could make one of my stats a 9 and you said yes. That's why Danny's wisdom is so low. And equally, like, <laughs> yes, she does a lot of damage, but it is only fair and right that she also could go down in a single hit from just about any goddamn enemy we fight at this point. And I think that that balance is what makes the game fun. Because if I was just, like, a tank also, that's no fun for anyone. It's, a, it's only good because Danny does basically go unconscious round one of every fight i disagree yeah. as the person who has to carry you out of those fights but we bond it's so good um <laughs> while we have austin in dm mood though we got a question from wolfsification in chat uh austin it's been known that monks and rangers are not that viable in 5e did you modify the monk oh. and ranger abilities for rolling with difficulty to make them more viable and if so what did you change these two classes do have something of a reputation of not being as optimized as other classes. So is there anything that you did change when we were going into our monks and rangers to optimize them in any way uh, or to change the way that they, they work in 5e? Yeah, I think I've talked about this a little bit. First off, someone mass pointing out that, yes, Mandy and Davian would both be tieflings, washbuckler rogues. Um, <laughs> two very uh, yeah, different so... flavors on the same concept. Who are you? I'm you, but better. <laughs> okay. But to answer the question quickly, I have talked about this in the past, so you can check on past Q&As, but basically uh, I have a lot of problems with monks specifically. Ranger got a quality of life improvement with Tasha's. They're and, in a decent spot. Uh, I tr yeah. And I trust, I also, um, uh, I hope this doesn't come across as, as rude in any way, but I, I trust Wally, who's been, I've been playing with a long time and is somewhat of a power gamer also. To, I don't have to worry about, like, when he was like, Ranger, I was like, okay, he understands what he's getting into. But I know Red hadn't played 5th edition before, so nope. when Red was coming to 5th edition and you were very strongly wanting to do a monk, I was like, that's awesome. Let me do a little quality of life improvement <laughs> to make sure that you're not frustrated by that. And basically, the, I think the main thing I did was just make it so that Step of the Wind does not require any key points. Yeah, there's which... a couple of my bonus actions that don't cost key points. I think I can bonus action dash or dodge for free. Uh, dash, dodge, or disengage are all free things, which also right. rogues can do with cunning action without any yeah. resource cost. It's totally insane to me that they made monks do that. 
Um, I've had this argument with friends before where they're like, well, dodge is better than hide. I'm like, it's not because dodge, you roll at disadvantage and hide if you succeed, which if you're a rogue, you're succeeding. They cannot find you at all. They can't roll to hit you. So it's crazy to me that monks have to spend a resource that they use to power all their other monk things to do this thing that rogues can do for free. And it's why rogue two level dip is so incredibly popular with monks. So that's all I did really. Um, Was there anything that you did I, for, like, the synergy between... The uh, oh, there is a thing I did. Yeah, but that wasn't to improve quality of life for Monk. That was to... Um, and I think rules is written, it technically makes sense. But basically, um, Kiana gets to count her strength in place of her... Sorry, her wisdom in place of her strength for certain stuff for being a, a Monk. And she gets to use it for the same things for um, Barbarian. So, for example, yeah. when she makes a reckless attack, uh, it says when you make uh-huh. a strength-based attack... She is making a strength-based attack because, according to Astral Self Monk, you are making a strength-based attack but using your You're wisdom using modifier. Wisdom. Yeah, so, we, we talked that one through when I said I was interested in multi-classing so, your barbarian. Yeah. Uh, so that works and I was totally like, fine. Because I kept being like, I don't know, this feels kind of broken and like too good. And you were like, I promise you that's not going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's you guys are incredibly powerful, but it's just, that's just, you guys have reached level 11 too. And that is, or what, what level? We're at 10. We're at level 11. We are But either way, at this point in the game, once you reach double digits, combat uh, balancing starts to get really off the rails. Also, yeah. this season, Kiana has a legendary magic item, which is... yeah. The nice. multi-class yeah. is not breaking things. It's just the game has a, ba- a very broken uh, way of um, calculating combat balance. Mm-hmm. It's not very broken. It gets you on the bullseye, but it's just the game's too complicated to really dial in that exactly. Yeah. It's my opinion. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Hell yeah. Um, we are coming about up on time for the stream. I think we can fit in one last question oh. here before we send everyone off to their respective evenings. One short hour? <laughs> Yeah, that really no, I mean, that seems cruel to the fans, honestly. Well, feel free hey, we'll to really the... make a meal out of this question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, this question comes in the chat from uh, Scripsy Abiette, I think. Uh, how would the cast react when given a baby? They have to keep it alive. <laughs> Very important condition. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Baby has to live. I Mm, I immediately know Danny's answer. Um, I think she's actually, I think she'd be a terrible influence, but a great babysitter because she would build like the world's ultimate stroller or one of those like babysit in them situations. uh, Are we referring to the characters or the actors? Well, I actually babysat in real life. I'm assuming they mean the crew of the Parasbro because. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I assume too. I've kept many babies alive. That was my whole job all through high school. I babysat. I'm I'm great at it. Once gotten a baby killed. We're doing great so far. I, I, yeah, that's. I would be concerned if any of us. I think we're over five yeah. in terms of uh, yeah. relation to baby deaths. Yeah, so. but uh-huh. I mean, like Honestly. characters. Um, no, I think Danny would be really good at it, only because she would just build like the world's ultimate like stroller or one of those like little what are the things you can sit a baby in and they can like bounce in it and then they're surrounded by like little things. Oh that they yeah, can, yeah, yeah. She would just build like the world's best one of those, little... and then it becomes completely autonomous childcare. <laughs> One of those little baby Yoda Yeah, spheres. that's what makes a great parent, is yeah. getting a robot to take care of it for you. It didn't yeah. say parent, it just said take care of a baby and not kill them, and I think by those parameters, Danny can succeed. D- D- oh, Danny creates the first God. iPad baby. <laughs> <laughs> As if, come on, we all know Casimir is going to be responsible for the first uh, iPad baby. That's so fair. So right. Uh, man. Huh. I'm trying to think. Uh... Space Panini uh, mentioned Emmy. Emmy is the baby. Emmy is not a baby. Emmy is like in her terrible twos to the toddler <laughs> phase where she's yeah. like 
asking a lot of questions and very naive and it's Vera's job as like kind of a mentor slash like father-ish figure to make sure that all the questions are being answered in a morally right way and <laughs> we're putting her on a good I path. Just, I flash back to Something the... that Birla is very increasingly having a lot of difficulty doing, apparently. I flash <laughs> tall back child to looks the, terrible. Uh, when we were at the Furbolg party and the little Furbolg kid asked you about the tree. Yeah. Like, I, it's just that on loop forever. <laughs> yeah, but Virla, when given a baby, well, given how I just kind of like went into... I hyperventilated just a little I so, uh, when I heard the question. So my first my first gut instinct was to immediately start ingesting any and all content that I could about how to take care of a baby. So I think similar to Virla wedding planning, he would just try and absorb as much information as he can on how to take care of a baby so he doesn't fuck this up. Yeah, all right. that's him. Kiana, hmm. Finbar slash Voss. I don't know which one of you counts at this oh, point. Oh, do not. Do not put <laughs> boss with the baby. Do not oh boss God! Baby. Absolutely not. Last thing you want to do. Last oh thing you want to do. Finbar, guys... on the other hand, he's grown up around a big family. Like he's taking care of kids. Oh, before. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. within his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. You guys know the Batman Beyond episode where Terry has to take care of the egg baby, but he also has to do oh Batman God, stuff. Yes. I feel like that's Kiana. just the Kiana experience. Kiana was. She's made like, for there's gonna be. <laughs> There's going to be, like, absolutely no hijinks today, but it's like, nope, two of the arms for holding the baby, the other two arms for punching the things that are trying to stop the baby <laughs> from being a baby. All Austin, right. would you like Let, to pick we're... an NPC to discuss their child care oh, capabilities yeah. of? Um, <laughs> I just got oh, a very God. vivid image in my head of, like, Cressida being like, uh, no thank you, and just putting it down <laughs> yeah, on there, a chair. There are, certain NPCs that I would like, there are certain NPCs that I would like to see put in the situation. The ones that come to mind are Cressida, Casimir, Maxim, Cyprius and Stranger. <laughs> uh, you know, stranger yes. I mean, okay, straight don't give Stranger a baby. Like we all have fun with Stranger, but like no. Stranger you wouldn't even realize it was there. Um Have you guys seen like Maxim the videos is very, of like it's very funny because Maxim would be like um very like uh, against the notion and, and always like Maxim would keep insisting that this is terrible, it's a terrible <laughs> setup, and he's gonna be terrible, and then I think would be quite good at like two over he'd be like Marlin from the from beginning of Finding Nemo, where it's like that that dude needs to loosen up, obviously, but we could like in general he's a good dad, you know. I was gonna um, say it's like it's like those videos of like father birds that like have to take care of their chicks but don't really know how, and it's like I brought you an entire worm. Why have you not figured out how to eat it? <laughs> Which is equal to like a dad giving a baby a rotisserie chicken and being like, All right, yeah, eat up. Basically. Yeah. He would figure it out. He's, he's videos a smart have guy. you watched? That's not a reference I could ever call up. <laughs> <laughs> Only like three. You know how recently, it is. or is this just like in, a no, more memory just, for you? It's just lodged in my brain. You know how huh. I get. All right. <laughs> it's because uh, yeah, it was it was in a lengthy Tumblr post that had some amusing observations on the parenting skills of Dad Bird. Very funny. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Don't give Crescent also doesn't want a kid. It's like. <laughs> I mean, Lula's enough. Like a, that's terrible. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, some of them would have. Uh, Hero would be a terrible parent because uh, they would spoil, <laughs> spoil the baby rotten. Um, <laughs> that baby would want for nothing and would grow up to be a terror. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think those are probably the most. Who, who else did you mention, Mar? Uh, don't give Cyprius a baby either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Cyprius again? The, 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 he's Doofenshmirtz. Oh! <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah that would be bad. A baby. I think Honestly, I mentioned. though, that would be a very fun origin story for like uh, <laughs> like a wild magic sorcerer or something. Like like you go home and this one parent is this absolute little mad scientist cobalt. <laughs> There's just a cobalt shoving potions down. Maybe no, write this down yeah, for future reference. <laughs> like, hey, that goes down easy. Eh? All right, to kind of to kind of baby starts this... going all Jack Jack attacks. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> to put this in like uh, a what slightly. A wild magic sorcerer. <laughs> to put this in a to bring this All in right, a slightly new backup character. To put this in a slightly grim real. direction. What's the over under on Voss eating the baby? No. Um, Christ. Stop uh, thinking about it. Just say no. Honestly, um, I, it's 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 almost guaranteed. I'll tell you right now. Don't give Voss a baby, guys. Don't give Voss a baby. baby. And on that very important life lesson, I think we are coming to the end of the stream now. Only um, if he's stuck I want, in a I want to give a quick situation. shout out to uh, to Canathar Music. Uh, what became of the magic item they found at the end of season one? Uh, they forgot they have it. They don't wait, know where what? it is. So. Wait, what? what? <laughs> yeah, huh? correct. Don't worry about Chad, it. Chad, quick, tell wait, us what it was. Whoa, 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 it was, it was, was I thought it was There was like a. Was that what or amulet? Or. or... There was some was there not a thing. was there, was was there not like a, a parry up to health? I thought that was found in the dragon's lair in, at the end of season two that Finbar uh, no, they're has. Talking about the thing you got off one of the uh, one of the mind flayers or the monks at the um, uh, one of the mind flayers. At the, uh, <laughs> uh, you guys, uh, you never, you never, you lost it. You don't have it anymore. It's gone. Hey, Co, Co, can you get on those timestamps real quick? And... <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? Let me check if, if Rare Girl is, is on it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, on that note, I guess. Uh, no, yeah, Curse no. of the Amulet, quite literally. Uh, <laughs> joke's on me for naming the one-shot that. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you have a question that wasn't answered, please feel free to email it in to rollwithdifficulty at gmail.com. We will do our best to answer it, uh, but given all of our respective schedules, it may take a little bit of time. I apologize for any delays. Um, regular episodes resume next week. We'll be back with the wedding of Finbar and Elise, and totally nothing's going to go wrong. It's going to be great. We're all going to have a great time. Um, mm -hmm. I think you, you know, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having a good time. Thanks for listening. If you uh, listen and you want to support the podcast, Patreon's a great way to do that. You also get a lot of really cool bonus stuff. And uh, if you just want to hang out with more folks from the community, keep chatting, rolling with difficulty, share some theories, head on over to the Discord where there's a really fantastic group of people making cool stuff, talking cool stuff, hanging out. It's a great time. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you 